0: I'm Caitlin with your weekly Logistics Tech Wrap-Up.
1: And I'm Santosh with the Dynamo Take.
0: All right, let's begin. We talk a lot about self driving and delivery in our logistics tech update, but an important aspect of transporting goods that isn't covered as often is the need for quality roads. As it stands, traditional roadways are made from crude oil based asphalt, which makes the earth cry. A British engineer named Toby McCartney has created a new process, though, that replaces much of this asphalt with tiny plastic pellets created from recyclable bottles. The resulting roads are apparently 60% stronger and last 10 times longer. This means less money and less time spent on repairs, which means less traffic and less earth tears. All right, we got some Elon Musk this week. Musk has reached the point of success where he can make an entire company based on a pun and no one thinks it's stupid. The Boring Company has released a picture of its industrial boring machine with its most literal of logos. So if you wanna see a picture of that, you can go to hit the button for the weekly wrap up and uh, I've I've posted one there. At this point, I'm still not entirely sure that Musk isn't just trolling all of us with this boring stuff, but if he is, I'm fine with it. In other boring news, during the first quarter of 2017, 53.8 million square feet, or MSF, of space was absorbed for industrial markets. Compare that to the average absorption of 49.3 MSF during the current economic expansion, and you realize how much growth has occurred. This is in large part due to the increase of online shopping, which requires new industrial space across the country. All right, and in some self-driving news, while I don't think this was the goal of Waymo, but maybe, the self-driving company is placing minivans on the cutting edge of driverless tech with its release of its 500 Chrysler Pacifica hybrid minivans into the wild. Well, at least into a very specified region in Arizona. Residents of Arizona can now apply to be a part of Waymo's early rider program. Members will have daily access to the driverless fleet to travel anywhere within the allotted area that measures twice the size of San Francisco. Waymo will then be able to gather data and feedback and criticisms of the experience, improve their technology, and make soccer moms and dads everywhere look real cool. Okay, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to talk about Uber just for, just, uh, just for like a hot minute. So this week in Uber news, a former Uber driver is seeking $5 million in a class action lawsuit that alleges Uber was secretly gathering data with its software program called HELL on how many Lyft drivers were available to get rides and what their prices were. Also, according to the lawsuit, HELL could tell if drivers were contracting for both Uber and Lyft. So the court will determine if HELL violates the California Invasion of Privacy Act and Federal Wiretap Act. Okay, and Santosh is going to cover the major VC news from the week I'm going to quickly cover one piece of funding that happened. FarmDrop, a UK-based online platform that connects farmers to consumers, has raised 7 million pounds in its Series A to further its mission to eliminate retailers slash wholesalers from the supply chain. So what's FarmDrop's beef with supermarkets? Well, the nature of supermarkets requires lots of every kind of food ever all the time despite season or location. This has placed the emphasis on higher yields rather than high quality. Aside from the negative impact this has on the quality of food, this has also made it very difficult for smaller and mid-sized farms to compete. So currently, the FarmDrop platform provides customers direct access to the highest quality farm-fresh ingredients with the convenience of delivery. In turn, farmers receive a higher percentage of the final cost since they aren't sharing those profits with a supermarket. All right, I'm going to hand it over to Santosh with the Dynamo Take, which he so cleverly named. I just want to give him a shout out. Santosh is very good at naming things, although his first idea for his segment was going to be trends with a Z. So you're welcome for not letting that happen. Okay, take it away, Santosh. Santosh
1: and we are back for our bi-weekly segment and we've realized that uh, we're kind of giving the dynamo take so welcome to the dynamo take officially over the last couple weeks there's some interesting things that have happened. But I would say over the last couple days, something more relevant, and and I think kind of an interesting observation, is that Juno, the the white knight Uber competitor who promised to build a competitive ride-hailing business, treat their drivers better with lower 10% commissions and round-the-clock support, as well as the ability to earn stock in the company, has sold itself for... what appears to be about $200 million to European competitor Get. Get who is in a hundred cities and presumably they will add another city in New York here in the US and continue to ramp out. And uh, last year actually raised a monster round from BW actually. So that's quite interesting. They do have the support and backing of a very, very large global OEM. And uh, on the Juno side of things, actually, if you read this Quartz piece that announced it, they are rumored to have raised $30 million from investors. So this is kind of a, a quick gimme for that syndicate group. What happens to this team, it will be interesting. Right now, everything points to the fact that they will run the North American operations and uh, you know, be some key leaders uh, within the broader GET organization. Interesting to see some early consolidation. Now, will we see further consolidation? Because when you actually look into smaller cities, towns, you actually have networked ride sharing popping up. So is there going to be a roll-up on the horizon? Will that roll-up occur from larger incumbents? Will it be PE-backed? That's yet to be seen. So we should keep our eye on that. Next news, I actually saw an interesting tweet from Constellation Research out in the Valley, and it was basically around how we saw an offshoring trend through the 2000s, the early 2000s, that is, But now with the improvement and advent of automation technologies, so software, there's discussion around onshoring. So will all those jobs that we opted to send to India, the Philippines, Eastern Europe, so on and so forth, actually return home to some degree? Now, I would likely think that if this software is doing what it should, it'll be a fractional amount. So for maybe every 10 jobs that you want to bring back onshore, it's actually in real terms, maybe only half of that, because presumably the five other man hours have been taken over by computers. So I think we'll add an interesting dynamic where traditionally we have focused on industrial jobs blue-collar american jobs lost automation but really nobody should feel too safe. And, and that's where what is going to happen to humanity? How do we take care of ourselves? All these things, I think, might hit us sooner rather than later. And ultimately, it might be that it's OK uh, if we're not working you know, traditional uh, minimum 40 hour weeks, because maybe as humans, we were meant to evolve into a different state beyond work. And we've been smart enough to figure out how to get society going on its own And we move on to solve bigger, better problems, as well as just, frankly, enjoy being humans. Lastly, I want to touch on the F8 conference last week, because I think there are a lot of cool things that were announced. And specifically, I think we're all realizing that the future of social, as we see it engaging in Facebook, is actually going to be one that mimics human interactions even more because of AR and VR. Facebook announced quite a broad set of tools and and ambitions in that realm and kind of shrugged off the criticism that they're copying Snapchat, where they're just saying this is a natural evolution of our platform. But I think what is interesting here is the fact that a large incumbent that generates plenty of cash is able to very quickly address the opportunity that traditionally a startup might address. So this includes developer tools, bundles of microservices, things that you might traditionally think would be bolt-on acquisitions for somebody like a Snapchat or a Facebook or maybe even a Twitter, whereas Facebook is basically building it internally or key pieces of this ecosystem and open sourcing it. And where does that leave a startup? And I think what you'll continue to see is, you know, when an opportunity comes along for an investor, you have to be able to figure out how that's truly defensible. What's going to stop a competitor from coming out and having developed something very similar? And what the competitor has, if they're bigger and have been in the game long enough, is an engaged user base or an already established go-to market or user acquisition channel where they can just push this new thing through. Ultimately, what suffers are startups. So is this a good thing? What is the balance between incumbents breaching on the startup turf uh, is that healthy? Is that just, frankly, leads to better efficiencies and founders can focus on bigger, better things? Or is it going to hurt innovation? And I think right now we don't know the balance. And if we continue to see this type of issue, you might say that it could be hurting innovation. But there has been a awesome tweet going around from a former Snapchat and Facebook uh, exec by the name of Sriram Krishnan. And he basically made a suggestion that if you're a founder, you should build something that nobody else can measure. And uh, he kind of let it sit out there because from his background in ad tech, uh, from what we do in logistics tech, fintech, there are a lot of things that get measured and monitored because there's so many things out in the respective ecosystems. But there are a lot of things we don't know how to capture, cannot capture as well as we should. And perhaps that is where a startup could focus their effort. And because an incumbent's been around is still struggling with the capture of such information, you might have yourself a fairly defensible business, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, but with that, we're excited for our second batch of Dynamo companies coming in that we've invested in, and they'll be kicking off their 12-week intensive with us and you know, working to 10x their business. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Cheers.
0: You can subscribe to Dynamo Discussions on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Also get more great logistics tech content at hitthebutton.com. Questions or comments for Santosh? Reach out to him on Twitter at Santosh Sankar. Questions or comments for me? Reach out on Twitter at Wrights. Okay, have a great weekend. So I'm gonna wrap this week up like a like a like a pig in a blanket, like like a swaddling a baby.